Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. And Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast, today featuring the FIAAA Insider. Our guest today is a good friend, Courtney Windemaker. Courtney is a certified athletic administrator and she's the athletic director and the Dean of Students at Tenorock High School in Lakeland, Florida. Courtney, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And we appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day. Uh, busy enough being an athletic director. I can't imagine adding the Dean of Students to that uh, uh, daily routine, but uh, we're glad you're here. Awesome. Well, obviously it's a busy time uh, for ADs and for deans, so we're going to jump right into it. Okay. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to college, uh, you know, maybe those first jobs and how your love of athletics uh, led to this career as a AD. All right. Well, I grew up in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, and I went to UCF for my undergrad and my master's program. I kind of, I've done a whole lot. I've played soccer, gymnastics. Um, I kind of settled on swimming, competitive cheer, as my, my two main sports um, growing up. So I kind of focused on those in high school. I didn't really play any sports in college, but I kind of found my calling a little bit with, um, I started teaching swimming lessons at 17. So I started teaching little kids how to swim. And then I basically done that for the past 20 years, which led into coaching swimming, um, coaching competitive cheer, and kind of coaching at a couple different schools, which has been which has been exciting, which ultimately led me to wanting to be on the administrative side with athletics. Um, when I was working with my ed leadership, I kind of just fell in love with it. I had the opportunity to kind of shadow the athletic director at Auburndale for a while, and she actually left to come here to Tenorock, and so I took over her position at Auburndale as the AD after teaching there for a couple years. And she actually came here and opened Tenorock. So it, it kind of just all fell into place a little bit. So um, we've actually had a chance to, uh, you know, visit with uh, Pam Lancaster, that AD you're uh, referring to, you know, Pam's a good friend. You know, you and I met uh, last year at the FACA conference and I've seen your name on different committees, but 
talk a little bit about that transition from, you know, uh, undergrad, uh, first teaching jobs into athletics. You know, how was that? Were there some things that uh, uh, maybe surprised you about the job? Uh, you know, what things did you come in and say, well, hey, I, I know this, I'm, I'm ready to roll? Well, I, if I could go back and do it all over again with my first teaching job, I probably wouldn't have jumped right into coaching just because that first year is insane and you're trying to learn so much because um, no internship can ever set you up for what the real classroom is. We all know that. Um, so I probably would have maybe gotten that first year under my belt. Um, it was also a small charter school where I first started teaching. So moving to Auburndale and then starting coaching two sports, that was, that was a little crazy, plus going to school. Um, but I actually got the opportunity. We had an assistant principal when I was going through my internship that he decided to retire due to some family issues. So I actually got pulled out of the classroom during my internship and got like a year of on the job Dean and kind of working with Pam to mm -hmm. see what she did um, and to actually see it in action, which I think really helped. So if there's an assistant AD position at a school or something like that, that somebody can get into and really work with somebody, I think that's the best training experience. Um, I don't know, Polk County doesn't really have that very often, but I know other other counties have associate ADs and things like that, which is a, a great learning experience. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, you know, learning, um, you know, under a master. Uh, let's go and talk about that a little bit. Uh, in our profession, you know, leadership and, and mentoring is such a big part. Uh, and I'm sure Pam, you know, would probably be, you know, one of your mentors. But uh, tell us a little bit about some of the mentors in your life, either coaches or teachers that you might have had or people that you've worked with or, or worked for. Uh, the expression I like to use is I still hear those voices in my head uh, when I'm talking to a kid or a coach or maybe a parent. So whose voice do you still hear? I still hear Thomas Scott in my head and he texts me probably once a week. He's the athletic trainer strength. Well, he's not an athletic trainer, strength and conditioning coach at Lake Highland prep. And he is just the most, he's got the most meaningful things to say. He knows how to get the kids in the right mindset. He really taught me a lot about the athletic mindset and, and getting kids kind of where they need to be to perform for the right reasons. Um, Cause they're not going to perform for you if they don't, if they don't think you care about them, then they're not going to, they're not going to do it. So working with him, he was probably one of my top mentors. And I still, if I have, you know, moments of doubt or something sometimes I'll just shoot him a text or I'll call him or he'll send me something he'll be like was thinking of you he worked with me as an athlete um, when I was competitive in CrossFit and got me in the right mindset where I wasn't down on myself and wasn't self-defeating so he's one of my top he's my top go-to as you um uh came to lead Tanner Rock, you know, when we, and I, I hate to keep going back to this, but when we talked to Pam Lancaster, she talked about the excitement of opening a brand new school and helping start those traditions. You know, as you came in after Pam, you'd already worked with her and kind of knew her style, but talk about some of the things that you brought to Tanner Rock and put your own personal stamp 
on a, on a program or maybe starting a tradition or maybe enhancing something that uh, she had started. Uh, what are you particularly proud of uh, in your tenure at Tenor Rock so far? I wish I could answer that. <laughs> um, my, my, my journey with Tenorock has been interesting. I'll put it that way. And nothing negative against the school. I started last year on the first day of school with the kids, um, kind of just thrown in last kind of last minute I, I accepted the job and so just trying to get my feet wet get to know the coaches I've made a couple coaching changes because I'm I'm trying to work with spirit and school spirit and culture and trying to get kids excited um, we've got a we've got it's called a morning fire up where the band will come they'll pick a couple big games whether it's soccer basketball every football Friday morning we've worked with them to come and 6.30 in the morning, they're out there, the drum line, getting the kids fired up and, and excited about Tenor Rock Athletics. So that's probably the biggest thing with COVID and everything getting shut down in March. I didn't really have that much time to, you know, you want to sit back and you want to see what, see where everything is and then kind of go from there. So this year, I'm, I'm kind of working more in that aspect, but it's still... It's still difficult, you know, with with everything shutdowns and everything. So I'm still I'm still trying to get the lay of the land. Mm. No, absolutely, and certainly a, a unique challenge is this year. Um, I love the idea about school spirit, and it's it's challenging in just about any school. You know, you're at a fairly large uh, public school. I'm at a smaller private school, but we still have those same challenges. Um, you know, when I talk to parents, they're not you know, maybe from my generation, but they're a little closer. And so they can still remember those days when they were in high school. And, uh, you know, first of all, there weren't 24 different varsity teams, there might be eight or nine teams. Um, and that uh, the kids that fill those teams now uh, were students in the stands. And so it was a completely different environment back in the day. So what are some things that, you know, I, and I love your idea about the band, uh, but what are some of your other ideas that you have either implemented or looking to implement at Tenorock to try to increase school spirit? Well, my goal is hopefully at the beginning of next year, end of this year, beginning of next school year, to actually be able to sit down, have an in-person coaches meeting. We weren't really allowed to do that this year. So we have um, a lot of new coaches that we've brought on staff over the past couple months that nobody, they don't know anybody. So I'd like to bring everybody together and then start working together to have teams go, go to different sporting events and support each other. Boys soccer and girls soccer support each other. Boys and girls basketball support each other. Girls soccer support girls basketball. You know, just getting the kids out however we can get them there and, and support and actually be excited for their classmates. No, and I think that's such an important idea. You know, one thing that, you know, we tried to do at McClay, uh, or that we have done, I think we've done a pretty good job is um, avoiding scheduling, you know, that big soccer game on the same night as a, a basketball contest and, and just right. try to spread those games out, maybe feature a game of the week or something. But, uh, you know, it keeps the athletic director a little more busy, uh, but it, it, it helps spread things out for the students. Exactly. Um, Let's talk a little bit about uh, your journey with uh, 
FIAAA and NIAAA. Um, okay. You know, you uh, obviously you've you've taken some of the LTI courses, but you know, how did that start? You know, how did you uh, become aware of uh, your state association and NIAAA? And then talk a little bit about you know those courses that led up to your uh, certified athletic administrator status. Okay. Um, well, Don Bridges, who was the county AD whenever I started at Auburndale, he was big into FIAAA conference and urging us to go. So I was like, okay, I'll go. Let's see what it's all about. Um, and I just, I started taking classes and I, the thing I liked the most about the classes besides just what you're learning is you're, you're in a smaller group. And so you get to know other athletic directors. FIAAA is a big conference. So a lot of times you don't have that, that small group. So in the different courses, you actually get time to like break out and talk with them, hear their ideas, share things. So I think that's the biggest takeaway from it. If, if somebody's on the fence, it costs money, but it's not a lot. Um, it's worth it. It's worth it just for the networking plus what the courses give you as well, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, you know, it is such a great experience. And we just had our board of directors meeting for FIAAA and uh, planning this year's uh, state conference. I think we're offering uh, about 12 different uh, LTI courses. So uh, hopefully okay. folks can take advantage of that. You mentioned Don Bridges, you know, certainly a legendary name in, in FIAAA uh, uh, history. And now his successor, uh, Dan Talbot. Uh, Dan and I work very closely together. He's the our state coordinator for LTI. I'm the state coordinator for certification. But uh, I know Dan speaks very, very highly of you. In fact, he introduced us that night at the uh, uh, conference. Uh, what are some things, uh, I know you've only been there for a short time, but what are some things that, you know, maybe Dan has brought to Polk County that, uh, you know, have been, you know, uh, valuable for you and your student athletes? Just the recognition piece. He's always like pushing out um, different, different, he's calling me right now, by the way. So I find that kind of funny. Um, he's always pushing out different awards and recognitions. Um, he wants, he wants the kids of Polk to be, to be recognized. He helps he helps fund and support us as much as he can. Last year, obviously, he was able to do a lot more than he was able to do this year. Um, that's across the board. But he's always willing to go above and beyond and do anything he can. Um, I knew him when he was AD at Lakeland. He's just he's just an all-around great guy, and he really cares about the kids. No, it's, uh, I really enjoyed getting to know Dan and working with him. So I'm uh, kind of envious. You know, uh, He's down there in your county. Um, you mentioned uh, the unique uh, um, working environment that's been brought on by COVID. So let's go and jump right into that. Uh, we've got listeners from uh, around the country and, and literally around the world. So uh, for those who aren't aware, kind of uh, give us an update uh, to our listeners. We're recording this in January. Um, so Courtney, right now, what's happening in Florida as, as far as, you know, return to um, athletics, what's happening with Polk County and Tenor Rock, and, and also talk a little bit about what's going on with return to school and academics. Okay, I think um, for Tenor Rock, we've been hit pretty hard, um, not 
per se with COVID cases, but with quarantines and things like that, where we've had, I mean, right leading up until Christmas break, I had game after game after game that we had to cancel just because we either had a whole team quarantined or we didn't have enough kids to fill the team or schools were quarantined and had to cancel on us. So it's definitely been interesting. Um, it's, it's definitely a financial issue for us. Um, thankfully, we, we haven't lost m as much funding as other schools just because a lot, we don't get the crowds that other schools do. So we're not being hit as hard as some of your bigger, more competitive schools, but we're definitely feeling it. Um, same thing on the academic side, kids are getting quarantined, they're getting behind, trying to teach, you know, a hybrid class when you, you don't even know what that looks like and you've never had to do that on a new platform. Um, I think they've rolled out some great things that I think we should keep um, just to help with the school aspect, but I, I would really like to get back to normal <laughs> and, not, and not be wearing masks and having to you know, not allow people into games because they don't have a mask and things like that. It's just, it's become a lot more game management, which has always been a piece, but it's, it's more policing than it, that's getting to enjoy the game or the match right now, which kind of stinks. What, um, what sort of, um, I guess, uh, fan percentages are you allowing, um, you know, at McClay, we've kept our crowds very small, uh, but I also referee basketball games. And I, I've seen a wide variety of responses uh, right. from other schools when I go to officiate. So, um, you know, what are you doing at your school and, and how, have the, how have your fans, your parents, uh, your stakeholders, how have they received that and um, supported it, hopefully? So we're at 50% capacity right now. Um, we don't generally reach 50% capacity pre-COVID. Um, so it hasn't been that big an issue on that side, but we used to let our athletes in, like in-season athletes were allowed into games free. And we've had to stop that because I don't wanna be the one to tell someone's grandmother that they can't come in because these athletes have come in. And so we've had, I've had a lot of pushback from, um, some parents and some athletes that are used to that, but my administration's been very supportive. We try to get them into maybe a smaller game, a not so popular game, but I mean, at the end of the day, we just tell them it's for everybody's safety. And I don't want to tell your mom, she can't come watch you play your basketball game because a girl's basketball player decided she wanted to come watch and support, you know, it's, it's, we try to do the best we can. Right. Oh, no, absolutely. You know, you got to do what's right for your school. Um, calendar wise, you know, uh, winter sports are, you know, kind of wrapping up and getting ready for their playoffs and the spring sports in Florida are, are already starting up with practices. How's that going so far, you know, with the tryouts for your spring sports? So far, so good. We're, we're only on day, day three now of baseball. So um, we only have baseball, softball and track and field and boys weightlifting in the, in the spring here. So we're kind of rocking and rolling and we're, we're just really kind of tying up 
basketball, soccer, and um, our competitive cheer made it to state semifinals for the first time ever in school history. So looking forward to that on Friday. Um, and just kind of, I'm just, I want to make it through baseball and softball and track. I know a lot of people felt slighted last year for missing, um, being shut down in March. So I just want to, I want to get through those sports. You know, and I think that's been a common theme that I've heard and we've certainly shared, you know, with our community is that, you know, talking to a fall coach or, or a winter parent says, hey, spring didn't get anything last year. So, right. you know, we don't want to mess this up for, you know, your season, you know, let's make sure we, uh, you know, do all the right things. Uh, you mentioned competitive cheer and at McClay, you know, we've, we've had that uh, some years, you know, we don't have it this year, but um, very cool experience for kind of a non-cheer uh, person uh, when we went to uh, state. What's the um, uh, environment going to be like um, at the state venue? Are they going to, you know, have fans in? Uh, you know, what what can you expect? What can your fans expect uh, if they want to go watch? Um, I know uh, Kelly Desette sent out a thing. They're going to allow per session. They've got it broken up into the different sessions. So per session, it's going to be two tickets per athlete. Um, and then at the end of each session, they're going to clear it out and clean it. So there are going to be fans. Um, I just don't know. I don't know how comfortable people are going to be coming. I haven't been to a state series event. I haven't been to football or anything like that to know um, how their turnout was. I'm hoping it's a good turnout. Um, I mean, it's, I, it's one of my favorite sports, so I want to make sure that they get the coverage and accolades. And we have a lot of state champion teams here in Polk County, so I mean, maybe it'll be something that we can keep here. That would be great too. So we'll we'll see how it goes. No, I, I, Kelly and the FHSA staff—they do a great job with that uh, experience. Uh, I know our kids, our parents, uh, and I, and I—we all loved it. It was very cool. So right. good luck uh, when you go there. Um, Courtney, another question that we've been asking the athletic director since we started doing these interviews um, revolves around the idea of social awareness or social justice, if you will. <clears throat> and, and my question is this, you know, what are some things that we can do as athletic directors better? Uh, how can we do a better job with our kids, our coaches, our families, um, in this area of social awareness? Oh, maybe just listening to kids and, and parents and, and coaches and, and just being that ear that sometimes that they need, um, non-judgmental and just being available, having an open door for whoever needs to come and just, you know, vent or cry or whatever they need to do. Um, just being available. Have you had any um, students or, or, or coaches, you know, approach you about, you know, maybe starting some kind of, um, um, you know, awareness organization uh, at, at your school? We not, we have not. No, not, not as of now. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, you know, again, it's, each school has its own way of, uh, of dealing with that, but uh, Appreciate you sharing. Let's go and lighten things up a little bit. Um, I also ask the athletic directors, hey, what's your favorite part of uh, the job? 
And after about 60 uh, different interviews, uh, they all said the same thing. You know, it's the kids. And of course, it's the kids. We know we love our kids. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in athletics. But acknowledging that you love your student athletes, what are some other things that get you excited about coming to school each day at Tenerock? I really like to see the growth and changes that our kids have made. So um, we've made some coaching changes over the past year and to see the growth, especially like I mentioned competitive cheer. Um, they didn't even make it out of regionals last year. Now they're in state semifinals. To see the growth of, of where they started to where they are now has been awesome. Amber Resto, um, if you're in Kansas, please come to the front office. Amber Resto, please come to the office. And really just seeing the coaches grow, see the coaches working together. And then it always feels good when you're walking through the hallway and somebody comes up and says, hey, Miss Manuica, are you coming to the basketball game tonight? Are you coming to the football game tonight? Yeah, of course I'll be there. Really? Yeah. You know, of course I'm going to be there and support you guys. It just, it makes it worth it. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I love, you know, telling parents, they say, oh, I'd hate to have your job and um, late nights and, and all that. And I said, you got it wrong. You know, I got the best job in the world. I get paid to go to, you know, basketball games and soccer right. games and cheerleading competitions. So, uh, no, that's, that's good to hear. Um, as you look to the future uh, at Tenerock, you know, what's maybe one uh, area, one program that you really ha have a vision for, you've got a plan for that, you know, in a year or, or two years, this is where we're going to be. Can you share, um, you know, some of the future plans with us? Yes, I am. Um, this year we had hired a, an alumni who is a competitive swimmer. She wants to revive our swim program. We didn't have it last year. This past fall, we had one swimmer. So um, we're, we're really, I'm excited to work with her. And she's also working with um, Jen Gosselin from Jenkins. She's the swim coach there to really kind of breathe some life back into our swim program and, and get that rolling. So I'm happy that we've actually had a couple interested like competitive swimmers that are now attending Tenerock that didn't know we had a swim team in the fall because the way everything kind of happened. So I think next year we're going to have a lot more interest and a lot better program. And so if I can get more of those smaller programs here and really increase our athletic programs, I think that's going to be my main focus, um, that and fundraising. Uh, that, that's great to hear. It's always exciting when, you know, an alum comes back uh, to help with the program, whether it's as a coach or even some kind of booster capacity. You know, we love to see that, McClay. So all the best uh, with that. Thank you. Well, Courtney, it's been great catching up with you, uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, okay. We always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you're certainly an experienced AD, but right now I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director, but I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in your athletic director toolbox? What three items? Um, well, my first piece of advice is don't be afraid to ask for help. We all joke around and say we, we steal, we borrow. 
don't reinvent the wheel. If it's something that works somewhere else, it might work at your school, even if you just need to tweak or modify, but don't be afraid to ask for help. I, I've been doing this 12 years now and I still ask for help all the time. It, it just is part of, it's part of leadership and it's part of growing. So that would be my first thing. Um, my second thing would be, be on the lookout for my CMAA project because that might help you out too. Um, with the athletic director's guide to awards is something I'm working on because I think student and coach recognition are very important. Um, and I think a lot of first time athletic directors don't know about all the awards and things that are out there. And if you don't have somebody that's pushing them to you like Dan does for us, you, you, might, not, you might not know. So um, that's the second thing. And then my third piece of advice is just Make sure you take time for you. I left in January of 2015 and I took a job at Florida Polytech because I burnt myself out. I was coaching two sports. I was athletic director. I was helping my husband run a CrossFit gym and coaching like three or four classes a week there. Burnt myself out, um, left Auburndale and then realized that I missed it and got an opportunity to go to Lake Highland prep. So just don't make sure you have time for yourself. Don't burn yourself out. Oh, uh, excellent. <laughs> excellent advice. Okay. Courtney, thank you so much for uh, spending time with us today and all the best as uh, you, know, you continue to develop that program at Tenerock. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. If our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain, what's the uh, easiest way to get in touch with you? Uh, they can just shoot me an email. Do you want me to give my email address? Courtney.windemaker at pulp-fl.net. Okay. Courtney.windemaker, that's W-I-N-D-E-M-A-K-E-R at polk, help me out. -fl.net. Polkfl.net. All right. Thanks again. Um, Remember, uh, these Zoom recordings are also being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational Athletic Director YouTube channel. And uh, to our listeners, come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.